The following audio is from the Grove Church Snohomish campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. Well, good morning, Grove Church. So happy that you're here today. My name's Andrew, and if you are a guest, I want to say welcome to you. Happy Father's Day to all the dads in the room. I hope today you're celebrating with you and your awesome family. As the video showed today, one of the biggest things that we have coming up uh, here at the church is uh, iHeart. It's a five-day outreach uh, where we basically take on parks and schools and different individual needs within the church and try to do our very best to love uh, the community that we're a part of, both here in Snohomish, Marysville, and really all throughout Snohomish County. This year we have sites uh, in Tulalip, we have sites in Lake Stevens, Everett, Marysville, Arlington, here in Snohomish, and a variety of different sites that we're doing uh, for people in our church. And so one of the cool sites that we're doing that I'm super excited about here in Snohomish that I want to share with you today is uh, here in Snohomish, through the Everett Gospel Mission, there's a, they have a program. It's basically a transitional housing program trying to get people uh, who are homeless off the streets into this transitional housing where they help them get jobs, um, help them get back on their feet, help them get into their schooling that they're trying to accomplish and really try to rehabilitate them into uh, a, a normal, new normal of society. And so it's a pretty cool program. One of the places here in Snohomish uh, actually is called Lydia's House, which is the name of our daughter. And so I thought that's kind of cool, the, the coincidence of that, but its name, its name is Lydia House. It's a, it's a women's uh, transitional shelter home for these families and their, and their uh, kiddos. And so one of the things that we're doing for Lydia's house through iHeart is uh, they're in need of, of nine new mattresses, uh, three box springs. They're also in need of all new bedding. They also have landscaping and uh, uh, basically yard work around the property that needs to be done. And so we uh, just got all the mattresses donated uh, recently. We're still working on getting all the bedding donated, but we're basically adopting them during the week of iHeart. So we'll show up one day and uh, give them all new beds and all new mattresses and all new uh, box screens for the ones that need it. Uh, we're also going to clean up their property and, and make it look beautiful for them again and probably plant some new ch- plants and flowers and that kind of stuff. And then I think the third day of it, we're going to put on a barbecue for the gals and their families just as a way of blessing them and thanking them. So that's just one of about 25 different projects and sites that we're doing uh, through the iHeart Outreach. So I just want to encourage you uh, with that example. That's just a great opportunity to really be involved and serve in the community and help uh, be a light to our city and the cities around us. So again, you can register at the table in the lobby or you can register online at grovesnohomish.info. We continue our series today called Happy Trails. We're in the Psalms of Ascent and we've been talking about these Psalms the past few weeks. And again, this is a reminder, the background to these Psalms as we, as we read today, Psalms 126, these were Psalms that the Jewish people would be singing as they would make their way traveling to Jerusalem for specifically three different festivals throughout the year. Number one, it was the Feast of Passover to remember God's delivering power from Egypt and his continued deliverance for them. Number two, there was the Feast of the First Fruits to give thanks to God for the first harvest of the spring and expectation of what that heart would be the harvest to come. And then lastly, uh, the Feast of Ingathering at the end of the harvest season to thank God for his faithfulness 
all season long. And so again, the context of these Psalms is the people of God, the people of Israel would travel back to Jerusalem in, in large groups with, with animals and kids and loved ones. And they would, they would sing these choruses and these songs as they would make their way up to Jerusalem. That's just basically what that word ascent means, just to travel up or to move up. And so you can kind of imagine that during the difficult terrain or the different climate or the weather, that this, these kind of songs and these uh, times of worship together would encourage them to continue on, to stay steadfast, to continue to worship God as they made their way to remember all that God did. And it was an encouragement for them. And it's just that reminder today, just what the very thing that we did here today, as we sing in corporate worship together, we sing as, as one body worshiping the name of Jesus, there is something very encouraging about worshiping God together. I mean, it doesn't matter if you sing in high school choir or if you can't sing worth, worth a, you know, anything. Really, that all falls away when the people of God worship together. And there's this encouragement Although maybe we don't know each other that well, or some are new and some have been coming for a long time, there's this encouragement that these songs bring us together. It brings this unity factor, this encouragement, this hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And so as we sing these songs today, the Psalms, which are basically songs, poetry written in poetic form, they should also encourage us and inspire us to continue to seek after the things of God. Can I hear an amen? Well, I do want to, again, say happy Father's Day to all the dads in the room. Um, I'm a dad. I became a dad almost four years ago when our Lydia was born, June 23rd. Next Sunday, she turns big four. And uh, pretty crazy to think that she's already four years old. And one of the things I love about being a dad, um, it's probably the most fulfilling part about my life. There's so many things I love about it. But part of the reason why I really feel like I'm a good dad and I try to be a great dad every day is that, man, I just had an incredible example as a father growing up. I want to talk about my dad just for a few minutes, but my dad was just an amazing person who modeled a lot of different things for me. And as some of you, you know, maybe can experience this, if you had a good relationship with your dad, you, you learn a lot of different things from your dad. I mean, some of us learn how to work hard. Some of us, you know, learn the, the funny dad jokes. I mean, there's a lot of things that we learn from our dads. But specifically for me, I just had the best example as a father in, in my lens. My dad, ultimately, if I think of just one thing about my dad, my dad had this amazing ability just to show me how to love people. I mean, my dad was just a very loving, affectionate person. He just, he loved everybody. He loved all kinds of people. My dad loved people that nobody else wanted to love. I, I, I've shared stories a lot about my dad at the Marysville campus, maybe not so much here, but I have stories of, you know, one time coming home uh, to my house, and it was like a late night, and I'm not kidding you, my our living room just reeked so much like alcohol and BO, and I remember looking at the couch, and there was just some random dude sleeping on our couch, and I was like, what is happening, you know, and so I remember running into my mom and dad's bedroom, like, dad, dad, there's some dude on our couch sleeping, and he smells really bad, you know, and my dad was just like, you know, son, it's fine. You just, you know, you need the place to stay tonight. You know, so then all night I'm like on the other couch, just like, you know, making sure he's not going to do anything. But this is the kind of person that my dad was. He just was this affectionate, compassionate, um, you know, loving person. I, I remember one time 
My dad did roofing. Um, we also had a small church in our home, but my dad did roofing to really pay the bills. I remember one time we had a guy by the name of Fong Fong, uh, this Asian man that worked for my dad, who was just an incredibly hard worker. And uh, my dad always paid him cash so that he would, you know, stay with us. And so uh, I remember one time my, my, at the beginning of the job, you know, Fong Fong was, was telling my dad, he's like, you know, Renee, man, I have to leave today. I can't stay too long and I have to leave today. And so my dad was like, you know, Fong Fong, if you, if you get this roof torn off, you know, by noon, today. It's supposed to be like a day job, but if you get this torn off by, by noon today, you know, I'll pay you double your pay. And so, you know, Fong was like, you know, Renee, nobody treats me like you, man. You're so good to me. Nobody treats me that way. And sure enough, I mean, he made it happen, got it done by noon, and my dad paid him, you know, double for a full day's work. But he was just this amazing, um, loving type of person. Some of the things that drove me crazy about him is uh, anytime we would get in trouble, because we were three boys and growing up in our house, and so we obviously got in a lot of trouble, uh, my, my dad would basically say, you know, you know you're grounded from, from going to church, which was the weirdest thing. My parents grounded me from going to church because church was a privilege, and they knew that we were going to see all of our friends and flirt with all the girls, and they knew we liked church, so they grounded us from church. It was awful. Grounded us from youth group, and I hate, that was the worst punishment ever. Um, but, but I never forget, my dad would be like, you're grounded from church today. You're not going to go see your friends. And, but, but dad, we're there to worship Jesus. Don't lie to me. I know you're just there to see Amanda or whatever, you know. It was like awesome how he just saw between all the junk, you know. And so, and then we'd be crying, whatever, dad, you're the meanest dad ever. And then he would just like spout off. He'd be like, so let it be written. So let it be done. It's like, oh my gosh, if you say that stupid written done sentence, I'm going to kill you. Like, it was just, and I found out this week, it was like from the old Ten Commandments movement, that the, the Pharaoh, I basically says that, like, you know, you're not letting my people go. And then he says, so let it be written, so let it be done. And so that's when my dad got it. And so my mom reminded me of that this week, like, I freaking hate Pharaoh, and I, hate, I hated that sentence. But no matter what was, we were getting in trouble for, as a way of just like icing on the cake, and we couldn't talk back to him because we were already in trouble. He's like, you know, so let it be written, so let it be done. I mean, it was just the worst thing ever. Um, there was also times where, as a, as a joke, you know, we had to go run errands with the, with my dad and go do stuff with him. Like, Dad, you know, where, where are we going to go today? What, what's going on today? And he'd be like, we're going downtown to see Mr. Brown, and we're going downtown to see Mr. 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 Brown. I was like, why won't you just tell us where we're going? He like would not tell us where we're going, but we just create this stupid jingle. It's like, oh my word. But like looking back on, on those times, like there's just like these funny sayings and these different emotions and these different feelings that you just had um, about being, uh, you know, being around, you know, my dad. And honestly, it, it was an encouragement for me thinking about this message and thinking about my dad, just thinking about all the dads in the room that, I just want to encourage you that, that you are more than capable today of being a great dad. And I think one of the best qualities that I really try to model, really just a young dad, only two kids at this point, but I try to model just being very present with my kids, to spend quality time with them. Nick used to always teach me years ago that kids spell love T-I-M-E. And I think that's just such an important thing that for us in our world today as dads that are sitting in this room, my encouragement to you today is more than, more than paying for college or the big vacations, more, more than uh, the nice house or all of the things that you can buy for them, I'm telling you what our kids, what your kids need more than anything is just for you to be present in their life. 
just for you to spend time with them. I think about my dad and all the different games we played with him and just the funny little things that we do. And, and now I like play all of these games and some new games, you know, with my kids. Like one of the games I have with, with my girls right now is what I call Magic Carpet. It did not come from Aladdin, but Aladdin is out right now. But uh, it's basically this Magic Carpet game where even little June knows this now. But, you know, I'll put like a blanket down on the ground and acting like I'm going to fold it up. And they immediately run, you know, lay on this blanket, you know, jump on each other. And I just kind of, you know, bring it around the room like they're on like a magic carpet ride. And it's like the funnest thing for them ever. But I just like these little, little memories with them. I think about just these constant little reminders in their life that I'm always going to be there for them. And I'm going to make the sacrifice and the time to say no to something so that I can spend time with them in that moment. And man, I just want to encourage you, dad, if, if, if you ever think to yourself, man, I don't know how to do this. I'm not capable. I feel like I'm failing. All your kids need, all your family needs is just for you to be with them, to spend time, to be present in their life. That's all they need. That's all I had. And I think I turned out pretty darn good. But I want to pray for all the dads here in the room. God, I thank you today for every single dad here in this room. Lord, I know I can bring up examples, Lord, of uh, ways that my dad was with me. And maybe some of us in the room here today who are dads don't have those examples. God, maybe even as Scott said in worship today, God, maybe we don't have the, the greatest example to look to, but we can be reminded today that, God, you are our good, good father. Lord, we can rely on you. We can lean into your presence. We can lean into your grace, God, and trust you with our lives. And so I pray today just for a fresh outpouring on every single dad in the room, that they are more than capable of being a great dad. That Lord, just the ministry of presence, just being present in our kids' lives, in our families' lives, Lord, that means the world to them, God. And so I pray we would leave here today feeling that encouragement. Man, I can, I can be a great dad because I have a great father in heaven who loves me. We thank you and praise you for it. It's in your good name we pray, amen. Well, as we look to Psalms 126 today, if you have a Bible, you can turn there with me. Uh, it'll be on the screen as well. So we look to Psalms 126. This can be uh, nicknamed the Psalm of Laughter. And as we think of joy and laughter, I think it's important to take note of, of the current season we're, you know, we're about to enter and we're already seeing it in, in our weather. But that being summer, and summer has this like kind of free, sort of adventurous, kind of this exciting time throughout the year, especially if, if Washington is your home and you would consider yourself a Washingtonian. You know, we get probably, you know, roughly two months or less of like really nice nice, awesome weather. And so whether it's, you know, boating or camping or hiking or fishing, s'mores, bonfires, it is that season where memories are created. And it tends to be that in, in life, it sometimes feel like with seasons, so comes our moods. But especially in summer, if you think of the mood of summer, you do think of high energy, fun, relaxing, laughing, all of those kinds of feelings around this time of year. And there's a tension here a little bit because the Psalms, as we read it today, is going to remind us that it's okay to enjoy laughing. It's okay to enjoy life. It's okay to do Camp Winnipesaukee type videos. It's okay to have fun in church and to smile and to enjoy life. And yet, sometimes the tension can be, and I've noticed this even about myself, and maybe you've noticed this as you age, but as you get older and as we age, 
for whatever reason, it sometimes tends to be that the more serious we get, right? We're not little kids anymore. We put those childish things away. And so sometimes what happens is the very opposite, that as we get older, we tend, if we're honest, we tend to get a little bit more grouchy at times. Things that we put up with maybe in our 20s or in our teenage years, we're not happy about anymore in our 30s or 40s or 50s and, and beyond. And what, what is unfortunate is that sometimes that joy and that passion and that sense of excitement, even for the things of the Lord, when we first came to know Christ and when we first went to camp, when we first, you know, sang that song and went all those, all those firsts that happened early on in our, in our walk with Christ, sometimes after years and years of following Christ, even the joy of knowing Christ can fade away and it can become kind of a routine and a, and a little bit can fade away. Even, even deeper than that, though, our, our witness as a Christ follower and that joy of, of knowing Christ can fade away. You know, when we first became a believer, we first experienced that joy of salvation. We were, you know, eager and excited to want to tell others about him and eager and excited to want to show people the love of Christ. But now, as the years have gone on, maybe that witness has taken a little bit of a, of a back seat. Maybe that joy um, that we once had for life begins to take a back seat. And my prayer as we look to the Psalms is that we would try to look at our, our lives as the people of Israel traveling and try to have in some way a, a renewing of our joy of knowing Christ, a renewing of this contagious spirit that we're called to have, a, a renewing of this affectionate vibe, this freedom in our lives that we should really walk in no matter what age we are today. We're going to pick it up here in verse 1 of Psalms 126. It says, a song of a sense. When the Lord restored the fortunes of, it, of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negeb. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Let's pray for God's word today. God, again, I pray, Lord, that you would just anoint, God, this message, that every single person, God, would just have this renewing of their spirit, God, this coming alive moment, this joy, this laughter of really knowing you, Jesus. And we thank you for these Psalms, God, just a reminder of what the people of Israel were doing at this time when, when these Psalms were written. And I pray it would stand as an encouragement for us today and forevermore. It's in your good name we pray. Amen. Verse 1 here says, we're going to break some of this down. It says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. So the people of God are recalling a, a past time when some event happened where God had rescued and restored the people of Israel. Maybe, maybe some of them are recalling when the Egyptians were on their tail and they were leaving Egypt and God in a miraculous instance 
parted the Red Sea and they walked on dry ground. That would be one example maybe that they're recalling. Maybe they recalled when they were hungry and starving in the desert and God provided manna from heaven, food for, and substance for them every single day. But what's happening here is the people of Israel, as they're traveling in this large group and they're singing and they're worshiping God as they make their way to one of these three festivals is recalling a time, a past experience. They're recalling a moment in their life where God did something incredible in their life that brought them to this place. They're recalling a time when God was faithful, when God was just, or when God was merciful, or maybe even when God was a a judge and was taking care of a situation for them as they were conquering a nation or in a battle for some reason. But they're looking back and they're responding to, looking in their mind and their past and realizing, okay, there was this time when the Lord restored the fortunes of Israel and we were like those who dream. They were looking back and remembering that God did something in their life that they can focus on, that they can dwell on, that they can meditate on and be reminded of that God had once rescued them, that he had been faithful to them. If we read read in Job 42.10, very end of Job, it says, and the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he was when he has prayed for his friends and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had had before. Just that reminder that God had done something in Job's life after all the craziness, after all the loss, he had restored him double of what had happened prior to. This restoration and this, this healing, something that they were dwelling on was reminding them of God's rescue in their life and their response to this past event, their response to this experience was that their mouth was filled with laughter and their tongue with shouts of joy. As they recall the wonderful events of God's mercy and grace being extended to them, they are filled with this laughter. It's this amazing reminder today that if you and I are needing joy and needing this laughter, needing this kind of this hope and back restored in our lives, and we find ourselves in, in a place of anxiety or, or sadness or even depression, if we find ourselves just not in a, a good mental space, it's time to stop and, and look back and see, you know, where has the goodness of God been poured out in my life? In, in my life today, if I really think and recall all that God has done in my life, Where in my life has God been faithful or gracious or compassionate or mercy, merciful, excuse me, or loving? Where in my life did God show up big in my life? And I can look back on that moment today and go, man, I remember when God did this very thing. Now, I could tell stories for days personally of ways that God's worked in my life, but I thought I'd put you on the spot just for a minute because I see people nodding their head and I hear people saying amen. I just want to put you on the spot for just a minute here, not asking you to preach a message here, not asking you to, you know, get all crazy, but I would love to hear in this room, if you think about just this for a moment, where in your life, in your past life, has God shown up in your life? that you can recall, 
whether it be something big or something really small, that you can recall and go, man, God did this in my life, and I'm incredibly thankful. Anyone willing to share? Right here in service. Yeah, right up here. Go ahead. Just speak a little loud for us. Yeah, I love that. He said, if you missed it, that God had helped him let go of things that he can't control. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, Brianna. Okay, I love that. Yeah, if you missed it, she said that God set her free from severe depression that she used to have. How many are grateful for the past tense, used to have, amen? Yeah, someone else, where God has been faithful in your life done something for you that you are thankful for. Yeah, Megan. Yeah, I love that. That's incredible. She talked about, Megan talked about being cancer-free, having to walk through a diagnosis of cancer and having people around her to support her and that God was with her throughout the entire time and experience. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Anyone else? You would say, man, you want to recall a time where God was incredibly faithful, did something miraculous, did something big or small that you go, man, if I think about it, there's just so many, I can't even think. But anyone else? Yeah, right over here, Frazier. Yeah, absolutely, right? Some pretty deep waters there, but I appreciate you sharing it, reminding me that God is with me there even through the midst of a tragic death of my brother. Okay, thanks for sharing that. Anyone else? You would say, man, God has done something in my life that I can recall and go, oh man, he's just been so good to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, praise God for that. Come on, Mike and Cheryl and their story of walking through Mike's cancer and seeing him come out of it. Yeah, Neil. My mom right now is going through early stages of dementia. Yeah. And it's just, it's nice knowing God's always there. Yeah, I love that. Neil talking about his mom going through stages of dementia and the early stages of that. And it's nice to know that God is with him. Such, such good, good things to hear here. See, it says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our joy with shouts and our tongue with shouts of joy. See, it's this incredible reminder for you and I today that in order to experience this joy or this laughter or this zest for life, if we're losing any side of that and we feel like we're kind of, you know, lost that part of our game and we need to get it back, all the people of Israel reminding you and I to do today is to look back and to meditate and to think about, wow, God was with me through this cancer. Wow, God was with me through the loss of a brother. God rescued me from depression. Man, God was with me when I couldn't control certain things. I let go and he took, you know, the reins of it. And these things... These past experiences, these past acts of God's incredible grace and incredible compassion should make us want to have shouts of joy, right? I mean, they should make us want to smile and laugh and be full of excitement for God that he continues to every single day do something in our lives to bring us closer to him. I mean, that kind of experience of knowing that we have an incredible, intimate God who is 
working on the behalf of his people constantly. But it goes on further than this. Not only does this in us, see, this is what it does in us. It brings us this laughter. It brings us these shouts of joy, these tongues of joy. It also says this, Then they said among the nations that the Lord has done great things for them. You have to remember that Israel was God's chosen people. They were to be God's living testimony among the nations that he is the one true God, maker of heaven and earth. Through God's faithfulness, mercy, at times even judgment, and his great deeds, his people would provide a living testimony. In 2019, in the New Covenant, Paul reminds us that we are the aroma of Christ in 2 Corinthians 2.15. To God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. See, when we recall all that God has done in our lives and when we carry ourselves with a free spirit that is full of joy and laughter and shouts of praise, this will become a testimony to those around us. See, what the people of Israel are saying is that as they would recall what God would do in their life and they'd be reminded of his amazing faithfulness, it would bring this joy, it would bring this excitement, it would bring this laughter in their spirit and then other nations would recognize, wow, other nations would understand and see that the Lord has done great things for them. And in the same way that when you and I live with this affectionate, loving, and joyful spirit, when you and I have praise on our lips rather than critique, when you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit and his incredible joy, when you and I are poured out onto others in our neighborhoods and in our workplaces and in our families, extended and immediate, what it's saying is that those around us will say, wow, Look at how good and awesome their God is. What they're, what they're reminding us today is that the acts of God and his incredible power in our lives, that people that don't even know Christ, don't even know who he is, will see it through our lives and at least acknowledge, if not more, place their belief in a living God because of the joy and the laughter that's being shined through your heart. It's an awesome thing to think about, is it not? It goes on and it says that the Lord has done great things for us and that we are glad. It's just this amazing reminder that for you and I to answer the question, where has the Lord God done great things in my life? Where has he done great things? Is it, is it my job and he takes care of my needs? Beyond my needs, I was talking to one guy this morning who's completely debt-free, sold his, his truck for a certain amount, made a, a profit from the truck, and is now completely debt-free. Man, that's a miracle of God right there to be able to say that. Where, where has God done great things in my life? Is, is, it, is it my spouse? Is it the person I'm married to? We look back at ten, almost 10 years of, of marriage, man, my Amanda, oh my word. God did a great thing when he made her and created her for my wife. I mean, amazing. Where, where is, it, is, it our, is it our kids? Is it our home? Is it our health? Where has God done great things in our lives? The last section here says, 
Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. These verses allude to this famous psalm, Psalms 35, that says, For his anger is but for a moment, and his, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. See, it's this reminder that the people of Israel, this is kind of like a prayer as they're wrapping this up. This is a prayer speaking of what the Lord will do. Right? The first part was, this is what the Lord has done. This is how he's worked in our lives. This is how he has you know, taken care of our needs. This is how he's been faithful. But now, it's this reminder that he will be faithful again. It's this incredible point that the tears will not be forever, that there's joy coming, that there's restoration coming, that there's healing that's coming, that there's freedom that's coming, that there's hope coming. It's this awesome idea, if we think about it in a song form, as we're focusing on psalms here and them being songs, there's a song by Elevation Worship, it says, I've seen you move, it's called Do It Again. You move the mountains and I believe I will see you do it again. I've seen you be faithful in my life at 13 and I believe you're gonna be faithful in my life at 33. I've seen you watch over my family and my marriage for this many years and I see that you're gonna do it once again. I see the pain in your heart and the ache in your soul, but I'm telling you, those tears will not last forever. There's coming a day, whether in this life or the life to come, where there will be no pain, there will be no tears, there will be no ache in your soul. And this is what the people of God are singing. That there is healing and hope that we will experience in this life, but there will be a full healing and full hope and full restoration that we will experience when he comes again. Can I hear an amen? All those nights of crying out to God, praying and believing for a miracle, in faith, I believe that miracle is coming. The ache in your soul that has never been fulfilled I believe can be fulfilled in this life or the life to come. It's this awesome reminder that we keep praying, we keep sowing, we keep believing, and we watch and pray because the harvest is coming. That's what it is. That's the power of the gospel. That's the power of what Christ has done. As I wrap up this message here, it, it makes me think about the Grove Church, both at Marysville and here at Snohomish. And I love to think about the idea of these kind of verses when I think about our church as a whole. That though we will at times sow in tears, we will reap with shouts of joy. That we will go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, and we're gonna come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. 
This is, this is kind of plantation farming language, but it basically means, man, we're coming back after sowing all the seed, after all the tears, after all the pain, we're coming back and our arms are gonna be full of plantations. Our arms are gonna be full of crop. Our arms are gonna be full with seeds that have been produced. I love what Paul says. He says in 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 7, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. It's just a reminder of we're going to continue to show people the love of Christ. It's the reminder we're going to do anything short of sin to reach people for Jesus Christ. We're gonna give up things we love for things we love even more. That the church does not exist for us, that we are the church and we exist for the world. It's this incredible challenge and cry out from God's people then and now that we continue to stand as a watchman, as a tower, as a witness, as salt and light. And we just continue to pour our life over into worthy to be found people trusting that God will bring that harvest. That God will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I mean, that's the encouragement. And in the process, I'm going to have joy. In the in-between, I'm going to laugh a lot. In the moments of summer, I'm going to make memories with my girls. I'm not going to take myself too seriously. And I am going to be in it for the ride. And I'm going to enjoy the experience. That's what it is. As you think about your own life today, as we look at the psalm of laughter and joy, it makes us think very internally about what kind of spirit we carry. If we're just trying to apply something like this, I think we walk away with it, with this message going, okay, God, what kind of spirit do I carry in this season of my life? Is praise on my lips? Is joy in my heart? Have I, have I lost that, that zest or that love or that laughter, that joy, just the fact that I'm saved and that you love me as your own? And if I have, God, help me to repent of it and be reminded once again of all that you have done in my life. It's also that awesome point of recalling where has God been faithful and merciful and just in your life. And if he did it last week, if he did it a month ago, if he did it 10 years ago, I believe with all my heart, he's gonna do it again. Let me pray for you today. Lord God, I thank you and praise you so much, God, for these Psalms of ascent. And Lord, I, I think they're just the perfect thing for our church in this season. That Lord, praise can be on our lips. Encouragement, laughter, joy can be in our hearts. And I thank you, God, that you are building your church. I thank you, God, that here in this moment, right now, by your Holy Spirit, you're gonna recall to people what it is, Lord, that you have done in their life? Where have you been gracious to them? Where have you shown up and loved and poured out your presence upon them? And I pray you would renew their minds of those moments with you. 
And Lord, for those who maybe have that ache in our heart today, for those who feel like we've been sowing and weeping, for those who feel like we sow in tears and we're not seeing that harvest, God, may that song come once again to our minds. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe you're gonna do it again. You're gonna continue to reach your people, God. Your kingdom is gonna continue to advance. Lives will be saved. Families will be restored. Marriages will be healed because you are the one that provides the growth. And so God, we cast everything on you today, trusting you, Lord, that you are an incredible, good, good father. It's in your good name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Snohomish Sermon Podcast. If you want to keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.